Welcome to Monday Morning Inspiration, a production of Christian Growth Ministry featuring Bible teacher Brad Simon. It's our prayer and desire to inspire and encourage you to grow in your faith and walk closer with the Lord. We at Christian Growth Ministry are excited to announce that we have opened an online storefront of merchandise designed to help inspire you and encourage your walk with the Lord. All profits from this store go to supporting ministries like Monday Morning Inspiration Podcast and allow us to develop new ministries. To visit our store, go to christiangrowthministry.com and click on Store in the menu. And now here is our Bible teacher, Brad Simon. It was early in the morning and the dew was still on the ground. As the sun began to creep above the horizon, it cast long shadows of the temple pillars across the courtyard. The words of Jesus were heard that morning, echoing throughout the temple as he began to teach those who had gathered around him. We don't know what he was teaching that morning. It's not recorded in Scripture. But the scene was abruptly and rudely interrupted as the religious leaders of the day laid a trap to catch Jesus, a sting operation, if you will, that was so carefully planned that they believed even Jesus could not escape. They had him this time, and they knew they had him, or at least they thought they did. As Jesus was teaching in the courtyard, the scribes and the Pharisees rudely and cruelly interrupted him. They brought a woman who was caught in the very act of adultery to be stoned according to the law of Moses. We don't know her name. Scripture doesn't reveal it to us. We don't know anything about her or what happened to her. I would hope and believe that she became a follower of Jesus, and I want to believe that in the book of Acts, one of those women that we read about was this woman here. The texts state that she was caught in the act She was snatched out of the very act of adultery. If you would, she was pulled forcibly away from her partner and brought to Jesus. Now that raises the question, where is the man? If she was caught in the act of adultery, he had to be there. He would have also been caught in adultery as well. But where is he now? In the Old Testament Jewish law, the man is always seen as the aggressor, and therefore it was a more grievous act. He was to receive a more humiliating and public punishment, but he wasn't brought to Jesus. His absence leads us to begin to see how this was a carefully planned trap. The woman did not matter to them. She was just a pawn to be used to fulfill their plan. They were not there for justice. They were there to trap Jesus. It was planned from the beginning. Most likely the man was there, one of the accusers. Here's the problem for Jesus, the trap that they so carefully set. If Jesus said to go ahead and stone her, the people that were following him would begin to turn against him. He taught them to love one another, to have compassion and to forgive each other. If he said to stone her, It would go against everything he had been teaching throughout his ministry, and he would begin to lose his followers, and the leaders knew that. On the other hand, if he told those leaders to forgive her, then the religious leaders had made their case. He would be guilty of breaking the law of Moses 
and they would have grounds for accusing him and can bring their charges against Jesus. It was a no-win situation. The scribes and the Pharisees thought they had devised the perfect trap. But Jesus turned the tables on them. He bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. As he wrote, they continued to ask him, taunting him for an answer. He stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. Can you imagine the look in his eyes as Jesus stood and looked at those accusers? The eyes of Jesus that penetrate all the way to the soul. Oh, that look that sees the intent of the heart. That look of accusation and disappointment mixed with compassion. And then he bent down again to write in the ground. The Greek implies that he wrote down accusations against those accusing the woman. He probably listed sins that they had committed. Maybe he started with the oldest man there and wrote down the man's name followed by a list of their sins. The silence was deafening. Then, one by one, you could hear the thud of the stones hitting the ground. As one at a time, the men dropped their stones, turned, and walked away. Jesus was left alone with the woman, two people as different as can be, the guilty and the guiltless, the accused and the judge, the one caught in sin and the one who was without sin. She stood trembling before Jesus, embarrassed by the situation she was found in, totally ashamed of her past life. She was standing there in utter humiliation. Jesus asked, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. As you imagine that scene, place yourself in that woman's place. The Apostle John said, If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Every one of us is like that woman. We have committed sins against God and we need his forgiveness. Jesus does not stand with a stone in his hand to condemn you. His hands are empty, and he stretched out his arms and died on the cross to forgive you of your sins. He's not only willing, but he is able. As Christians, we not only need to go to God for forgiveness from our sins, but we also need to model his example and forgive those who sin against us. We first need to admit our own need for forgiveness. Then we need to extend that forgiveness to others, asking God to help us forgive those who have wronged us. We are not to hold grudges or seek revenge. We are to trust God for justice and forgive the person who offended us. Forgiving others is not for their benefit, it's for ours so that we'll be free from the thoughts of hatred and bitterness and don't continue to live with the burden. 
and unforgiving, vengeful spirit will not only affect those around you, but it will also separate you from the blessings of God that he intends for your life. A spirit of unforgiveness stifles and compromises our daily walk with God. Forgiving others releases us from bitterness and anger and allows God to give us the healing we need. Forgiving others can be one of the hardest things we will ever do in this life. Certainly, the pain and hurt is real, and the thought of forgiveness may seem impossible. But the pain of living with the burden of bitterness and unforgiveness will quench the Spirit of God in our lives and ruin our relationship with others. When I was younger, there was a widow in our church with a story I'll never forget. Her husband was a carpenter. One evening he was working late when he saw a young man trying to steal lumber and other supplies. The robber saw the carpenter and hit him in the head with the carpenter's own hammer, killing him. This lady attended each of the court sessions, and when the trial concluded, she asked permission to speak with her husband's murderer. She told the man that she forgave him for what he had done, but he also needed to ask God to forgive him. She then shared the gospel with him. At the end of the conversation, she handed him her husband's Bible and asked him to take it and read it every day. Twice a year, our pastor and this lady traveled to the prison where he was incarcerated and spent time speaking and praying with him. One Sunday evening, as we arrived at our church, there were several state police cars in the parking lot. Our pastor had made arrangements with the prison to bring this man to our church for him to share his testimony. The man stood before our congregation and retold the story of how this lady reached out to him in Christian love and forgiveness. Through her compassion, he was led to Christ, and he had dedicated his life to sharing God's forgiveness with the other inmates. He had started several Bible studies in the prison. Many of the men he taught had come to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and receive his forgiveness. Some of the men had started their own Bible studies and were reaching even more of the inmates. Those men who were released had joined churches and were active in their service for the Lord. There is no soul on earth that would have blamed this dear lady if she had harbored bitterness and hatred for this man who murdered her husband. But instead, her sweet spirit was radiant throughout that church and her ministry was far-reaching, all because she followed her Lord's example and allowed the love of Christ to shine through her. We will never know the sight of heaven the total impact this man had for the kingdom of God, all because one widowed lady was willing to follow her Lord's example and forgive. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come before your throne as sinful people and thankful for your plan of salvation. We are ever grateful that your Son was willing to come to earth and die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and to set an example for us to forgive others. 
May your Holy Spirit fill us and help us from harboring hatred and bitterness in our hearts and truly forgive those who have hurt us. As we strive to follow his example, we pray these things in his name. Amen. You have been listening to Monday Morning Inspiration. We pray you were inspired by today's podcast and encourage you to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. For more information, go to ChristianGrowthMinistry.com. Thank you for listening.